Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me a man that is one of a kind. I have the only Olave Sebastian. Hey, Olave. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. Happy Friday Eve. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. <laughs> and it is bigger than a Friday Eve because it is about to be the holidays. And aside from having my children home for three weeks, um, otherwise I'd be looking forward to it. <laughs> so happy holidays. <laughs> People are going to be like, that's so wrong. No, seriously, it's yeah. different. Um, so I'm glad to have you today because you were one of my panelists the other day and you shed some light on Black Men Tell All. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this episode because we're just going to talk about you. Is that okay? That's fine. That's perfectly fine. All right, let's do it. So I want you to tell people what is your title? The title of my book is called Memoirs of a Hopeful Romantic. So you are an author, a man with memoirs. Say the title again. Say the title of your book again. Memoirs of a Hopeful Romantic. Of a Hopeful Romantic. Now tell listeners how you came about, one, writing a book, and two, writing a book about love. It was about an experience, right? So I'm, I'm originally from New York. Uh, I was living in um, Pennsylvania for a while, working out there. And um, I think I got to a point where I was kind of bitter. And I was like, all right, I think it's time for me to move back home. And, um, you know, people come into their life, and it's just like, oh, wow. So, um, you know, I met somebody while I was out there. And I started, like, you know, I guess feeling like love. And I guess for me, that was just me um, getting back to writing. So I used to write a lot of poetry when I was a teenager. So I started writing a lot of poetry um, for her. And I would send them to her. And um, when I moved back to New York, I was like, um, I, was, I was just torn, you know, just the distance and everything. So I just put everything, all the poems that I wrote for her from like the time I um, started writing them for her up until when I came back here to New York and kind of like settled in, getting back here. And I just put them all in one book. And um, yeah, that's pretty much how it came to be. It's so interesting and powerful at the same time because a lot of men don't feel like writing is a good tool. Do you think it was a good coping skill for you? Absolutely. I think um, I think I learned a lot about myself, but I think I also um had fun doing it because um the challenge of actually getting the poems together, but also the challenge of putting the book together because it also showed to me the ability to get something accomplished. I feel like being able to get something done was also a big deal for me. Um, a lot of people in my corner just saying, you know, as a black guy, you know, you should definitely go ahead and get it done because I think the misconception, not even just for black men, but just men in general, is that we don't speak about emotions. We don't talk about it. We don't know how to. And, um, you know, when I shared some of them with like, with like women that I knew, they were just like, yo, you should do that. I remember one of the first dudes that I know who bought a book, um, he told me that he read like the first couple poems and then he just randomly went home and bought his wife some flowers, you know. And um, I think that was just really just the feeling I was trying to evoke. It's more like, I guess, um, a modern day sense, just the cliche of like uh, what romance was when we were kids growing up, listening to fairy tales and watching uh, Princess Bride and all those types of things, you know. 
That's really important because it's something that men don't feel is important. And it is because when we're talking about relationships, we're talking about roles, we're talking about raising children and teaching them, you know, about healthy relationships, healthy feelings, you know, how to verbalize your feelings, you know, or to be in tune with them. That's something that's never discussed. And so whenever I hear anything about you, and, and as far as I know, you're a speaker, influencer, emotional disruptor, and author. And emotional disruptor, it, it, it resonates. You can't hear emotional disruptor and not think about what that means. But, you know, emotions need a shake or a wake up. You know, they need a, a you know, a call to order, you know, because a lot of people are dismissing them, which is then leading to all this mental illness and all these other things, because everybody, like you said before, you know, feels like you're not supposed to show your emotion or you're not supposed to speak about it. But ultimately, I really think it is the fall to a lot of failed relationships because people really believe that. What do you think? I, I would agree. I would agree. I would definitely agree with that. I feel like um, the less you communicate or the less you communicate about like the clear expectations, the harder it is to sustain. Um, yeah. And I feel like even for me, it was difficult to communicate because like as a guy, like we don't really say these things. So I was like, I know how to say it. Let me at least figure out how to put it on paper. Let me find a way to, um, to articulate it because I don't know how it would sound coming out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Do you think that was a good tactic? Do you feel like it was helpful for you to put it on paper versus just coming out and say it? Do you feel like it allowed you to process more as opposed yes. to saying something that may have came out, you know? Because I know my husband tells me a lot of times that he can't verbalize things like I can. He can't articulate it. And then when he says it, he's like, I didn't mean it to sound like that, but it just came out that way. And, you know, we're quick to say, oh, hell no, nah. did you really? I mean, you know, we go there. But do you think that writing it on paper is a good strategy to try to do that first? I think so. And the reason why is, um, I was having this conversation actually with a colleague today. And um, one of the guys was making fun of her because she was showing him a text on her phone that she sent to her boyfriend. And so, like, I don't know what the argument was about, but long story short, the boyfriend sends like two sentences. She sends like, you know, two, three paragraphs, right? And so even given your reaction, you can only imagine, right? So like I said, I don't know what the basis of it is, but I feel like, you know, for us sitting down to have to read that is a lot. But given the time that it would take to actually get a response back, it would behoove us to just sit down and read it. But it would also behoove us to actually make, you know, a response. And I think the issue first with that is that um, it's not so much that we don't know how to articulate ourselves. It's just that we just do it differently. So it's just going to be like a short response. And we feel like, you know, it's kind of like self-explanatory. Like, um, I think somebody was telling me. Um, it is, I, I mean, that's I'm laughing because every <laughs> I talk to sounds like you. And it's like, but I already told you that. And I'm like, that, them three words did not tell me all of what you just said. That's it's, not very, it's very true. And it's funny for me because like, even like, even as I'm having talks about the political future, um, speaking about the process and just talking about it, like a lot of that's even coming up for me too. And it's just like, yo, like I'm not above reproach. Like, yeah, I'm still a guy, but I, at the same time, I feel like for me it's difficult because then you get put in this category of being like a typical guy because you had certain generalizations. I say it all the time. That's I'm not, like, you do man things. Those, those are man things. And it's like, and it's like, when you think about it, when you, when you think about it in your head, like as a guy, and like you act like a group of guys around each other, you're just like, oh, yeah, I suppose we do, we do do stuff like that. But it's, I mean, but like, um, 
even like like I was saying, go back to the text though that they had that um she was showing them. It was just interesting because she was saying how like for her, it was easier for her to communicate that way because she felt like if she said it to his face, it would be a lot more like impulsive. Yep. So it's like, like let me actually take the time to sit back and write this stuff down before I like react. Um, and you know, for some people to be mindful of that, that's dope. It doesn't work for everybody, but I feel like that's that's a pretty important tactic to do. To like really sit back and say, you know what? Let me just fall back, gather my thoughts, put this on paper or put it to text or whatever, and then kind of just go from there. I love it because you know I have a therapy background, and that's the kind of thing that we tell people. You know, I worked in addiction, and in any format where you're trying to change behavior you have to do something different and being able to be mindful and be intentional about what you're trying to do or what you're trying to communicate is what causes change and so what you're saying is absolutely true i also tell people if i'm a talker and i'm a thinker and i think very fast and i tell people if you want to get to me without a rebuttal text me or email me because that way you're getting all of your thoughts out without a rebuttal because I'm going to know what you're about to say. I'm going to cut you off and I'm going to be done with it. And, you know, we're going to kill 10 minutes off the time. But that's not fair. And, you know, by writing a book, by putting your thoughts on paper and by you verbalizing that it is okay to feel this way, to communicate, you know, and that, yes, you know, identifying that, yeah, we kind of do do this. Because I'm going to tell you something. Men can cut so many words out of a, a vocabulary or a dictionary. Like, you know, I have never seen, and I, I, I use the word minimal so much now that I am married. I'm like, how do you minimize even a sentence, you know? But those are things that we as women have to understand. And men also have to understand, you know, communication. Because just because women say a lot of words do not mean that we communicate well. I'll never admit it again. I'll never admit it again. So, you know, let that go on the record. But it's very true because, you know, talking to you about this, it makes me think a lot because you don't see men writing about it. You don't see men journaling. You don't see men doing devotion. And you definitely don't see them being intentional about trying to do these things. So you are kind of changing the game with this memoir. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I think that's yeah. a strategy that, that more people need to implement. In terms of just like writing to like, you know, express yeah no absolutely I, and so one of the things too that i think led me to do it as a book like i said um well actually two things so the first was that um, i was in a um like a writing uh project basically for like teachers so the goal is if the teachers become better writers they can actually teach their students to become better writers Ooh. and um you know every day i was there i was in it for like three weeks and every day we had a different task different writing assignments and i feel like for me i kind of took that into this as well like you know i came into this i came into the year like feeling creative and um you know met somebody that you know i guess for me allowed me to explore more of that creativity and i was like you know let me put this into something and then as i started writing the pieces and like as the year progressed and i realized you know i was gonna have to move back to new york i was like you know it started coming up like people in terms of like yo what was your intention with writing the poems what was your intention you know with it like you just have a bunch of poems like what are you gonna do with it like nobody blatantly said it, but everybody, you know, just came up like, oh, I should, I should just publish it and make it a book. And um, I think it was a lot of the influences of like, particularly like women um, in my circles who were just like, yo, like, I didn't realize guys felt like that. Like it would be dope 
if you just went ahead and just published a book like you'd be surprised and I was like ah, you know like just being reluctant about it because he's like you know it's not typical <laughs> for us. not by any means it's not it's, so it was just like well you know I guess kind of also breaking a mold because I feel like if we could put ourselves in a position to actually talk about relationships it really puts us in a position to start looking at ourselves like even like some of my friends when I told them about it and like or random dudes they just look at me it's like that's actually kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like I would think and it's funny because like I would think I would get thrown mad shade and like yo that's actually that's that's kind of dope bro like I think that's kind of yeah you know and um it's I, I think it's kind of I think it is cool <laughs> I think um I think the concept of talking about love the concept of um or the belief actually and just being vulnerable being open to like receive to being receptive to love is kind of just a cool concept and I feel like you know as men it's not something that we know how to talk about because we we're taught to internalize everything but like um I always make references like to sports um if you ever look at a championship game somebody's always crying <laughs> yeah like campaign yep. you no know, some of that some of that's tears yeah you know I mean? so I feel like it's just in terms of how we how we hone our passion and like what we put it towards more than anything else. I I agree. Um and, and speaking of sports and things like that, because I, I definitely I'm one of those people that cannot understand the power that it can have over a man or individual versus, you know, childbirth and things like that. And you'll you'll <laughs> see emotion come out on a sport or a game and it's okay. But if you see it on the other end, it's it's not right. But I want to ask a question. Do you feel like you may write some more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm in the process of doing another book right now, actually. Um, I think it's kind of went on a standstill because I also, you know, work full time during the day. So I'm really just trying to balance out uh, what that would look like um, for the upcoming year. Also working on um, really creating like a website, a platform um, for men of color to really just have a safe space. Um, Still looking at what that would entail and um, how I can um, go about creating that, but I think that's another. That I, I'm not think that I'm pretty sure that's another goal um, that I'm heading towards right now. So a lot has been coming up um, <clears throat> regarding just black men, um, regarding black men and mental health, regarding some relationships. You know, um, I think it's interesting now even just seeing like black love on the screen, even discussions about like sexual orientation, like on Moonlight. So, you know, you have a lot of these things that are coming up for us that are um, giving us just a space and opportunity to finally really just be us. I love that. Unapolog um, unapologetically, yeah. I, I definitely love that. And I'm, I'm definitely on the same kick because I started all my services for women and now I'm realizing, hey, I could duplicate it for men because it, there's a need. And now that people are starting to have conversations, you know, about mental health and about relationships and about families and roles. I think that now is definitely the time. Um, I want to shed some light because what I do know about you is that you are in the process of not only creating platforms, but wanting to teach men of color, you know, about vulnerability. And how are you doing that? I feel like one, having the discussions, but two, another goal in the process of doing is ideally um, creating like writing workshops. Okay. All right. So, like I said, a lot of this is still really fresh in my head because, um, you know, even just getting a book published and getting out there was still something for me that was just like, and then once I got it done, I was like, oh, okay, well, what's next? So, <laughs> always like really, like always having yep. it like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Because you know, um, you know, yeah, like 
earlier this month, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And now I'm just like, oh, I think I'm going to probably finally start doing, like, some book launch. Finally start, you know, doing some promo. And um, the opportunities that have been coming up, I've um, been grateful for it and just really seizing them um, whenever they present themselves. What do you think about that? Because a lot of people listening may have an idea but have fear, may have, you know, people telling them that, you know, giving them doubt in addition to their self-doubt, you know, because as entrepreneurs, you know, we have this idea of what we think our business is going to do or what we think our projects are going to look like. And then opportunity comes and collaborations come and networking come and things come. And then when we are on the right path and we're doing something that's powerful, it moves without, you know, effort sometimes. What do you have to tell people or say to people um, about this and the motivation of just pursuing a dream? Because you, you, you mentioned that you had an idea to write a book, but did you really think it was going to be published? Of course not. But now you're looking on the other side of it like, wow, okay, yeah, that didn't kill me. So what's next? You know, what do you have to say to people and particularly men that may be, you know, standing in fear of pursuing an idea or a dream? I think um, something I've learned is, and, and still continue to learn and appreciate is you want to have the right people in your corner. Um, and that's... That doesn't sound as easy as people think, you know, you want to make sure you have people that support you, but also people that are willing to grow and build, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be around people who are stagnant. I mean, it's cool, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, we're still people, but like, if you want to like, you know, have like progress and you want to get over like the hump of a lot of things in life, like be around those people that are really trying to get those best qualities out of you because essentially that's what they're doing for themselves. And not that you're leeching off of them, but you're just learning from that. Um, I think, you know, the adage is like the, the greatest leaders know when and how to follow. So I think I pick it from a lot of my friends. A lot of them are um, vegetarians. A lot of them have like workout regimens. And I was like, I don't have any routines anymore. You know what I mean? So even for me, <laughs> like, you know, even for me, it's like, you know, what, what, what routine do I need to start implementing in my life? What are some things I need to start doing? Like people who, around you who, um, who keep you mindful of that. Um, I think another thing too is also, um, Really just, just just going out and just doing it. And another thing that you said is done, like, and it doesn't have to be, like, grandiose. It could be, like, minimal. It could be minute. I think a lot of people get caught up with um, with social media. Even for me for a while, I was like, this is interesting. I, I haven't had social media for, like, I want to say, like, eight or so years, like, no Facebook or anything. So wow. when, I got, when I got back on, like, on social media, it was a lot for me. You know what I mean? Um, and... I feel like for some people, when they see those images and they see um, those depictions, they feel as though that's what they need to do to get promoted or do what they need to. And um, that's not necessarily the case. And it's also about what do you want? Do you want to be famous? Do you want to be rich? Um, do you want to be wealthy? Do you want to be sustainable? Do you want to make sure that you have generations set down the line? I think once you start putting those things in the perspective, you can kind of get along with what you want. And, um, not worrying too much about what everyone else is. I think the reason why a lot of people are fearful too is they don't think, they think too much about what everybody's gonna say. Mm -hmm. I think that was a concern for me even putting a book out like a black dude talking about this. And it's like, well, you're really not gonna know you too until you put it out there. Like people don't know what they really want until they actually get it. That's absolutely true because you also said something about it doesn't have to be grandiose. Everybody thinks everything has to be perfect. Everybody thinks you have to have your ducks in a row. They don't understand that you just take it one bite at a time and you get up every day and you just keep chalking at it. And that's growth. That's progress. As long as you're going that way and you're doing something every day on it, that's, that's all it takes. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Well, let listeners know about your book launch that's coming up. Right. So um, it's actually like a book launch slash, uh, I guess, um, birthday celebration of sorts. So um, my birthday is December 30th. My book actually came out in April, but I haven't really done anything formal for it. And um, a lot of people tell me, like, oh, you got to do something, you got to do something, you got to do something. It's like, I don't really, like I said, nothing grandiose. I don't really, you know, it's never really been like me. But a lot of people, um, I've, I'm fortunate that I have a lot of people um, in my corner support me. So the goal um, earlier this month, somebody said, what are you doing for your birthday? I said, I want to do anything. And I said, I'm going to do a book launch. So I'm going to do a book launch for uh, my birthday. It's going to be in Brooklyn, New York, um, December 30th um, from 5 to 8 at the Stoop. It's a barbershop located at 1787 Fulton. It'd be in the back, but I'm coming through the front. <laughs> All right. All right. And let listeners know about your website, your bit.ly page. Yeah, sure. It's on bit.ly backslash Olave Sebastian. I'm my full name. So O-L-A-V-E-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-E-N as in Nancy. And tell listeners what they can look for in 2019 for Mr. Olave Sebastian. Oh, wow. In 2019, definitely going to have another book. Definitely going to have this website up and running. Um, and possibly seeing uh, about writing for, for some blogs, some, um, some magazines, or, you know, creating my own. All probably, right. Probably all of them above. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Um, you know, what you're doing, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, when your publicist said, you should have a speak at your all-women's conference, I was like, no, that's not the concept. All women, no. And then I saw Emotional Disruptor. And then I heard about the book, and I was like, I could totally see how that fits because, you know, this is really important. You know, I, I talk all the time very, very transparently about the fact that a lot of families, a lot of women and men are growing up without a male role model, without the figure, without understanding, you know, perspective and all these things. And in trying to raise healthy women or even trying to help with, you know, self-esteem, with self-concept from little girls to grown women to women who are now getting divorced in their 60s, you know, um, of trying to learn these things, you know, from the beginning. I can't say over again because a lot of people don't have this from the jump. So what you're doing is breaking barriers not only for men, but for women, girls, boys, you know, all across the board. So I'm looking forward to 2019 for you and looking forward to getting my hands on your book as well. And I just want to thank you for being here and sharing your, your amazing platform with us. Hey, thank you again for having me just just grateful uh you took the time to, to speak to me and um help me put this on blast and um you know keep doing your thing too i know this isn't easy um balancing you know your personal life and then every your business and then you know this so um you know stay at it you know we need more people like you we need more women like you to um just just motivate i work i still work with young people and we don't teach anymore and i feel like um a lot of the a lot of the detriment we're starting to see for our young men, we're starting to see a lot more so in our young women. And I feel like it's not really being noticed as much. It's definitely something that's been coming up, but I feel like it's not getting recognition. A lot of young women are going to juvenile um, at the same rate as a lot of the young men, if not higher. Um, and a lot of people aren't even cognizant of that too. I wasn't, and I used to work in in the prisons. So you just you it's, just been, it's been it's been a growing trend. There's a lot of um. 
there's a lot of uh, literature that has been coming up on it, I would say, like, within the past five years. Um, hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot, a lot of, um, yeah. So, you know, it's definitely something that I feel like the young people need to, need to start being around. If it's not just the words, just the people, just the presence, and just knowing that it's feasible. I'm going to make that a priority for 2019. I know two coaches of juveniles that has, have been on my show. And, you know, I, I didn't realize how important it is, you know. And a lot of these agencies, when we reach out as entrepreneurs, they don't understand what we're trying to do, you know, and trying to get them to understand that we will come speak and we will come do these things. If you're listening and you have connections, please contact me because we have access to people. And in this world, we network. And, you know, knowing people are looking to come speak and come do things. And if that's really the case and these kids need us, you know, then we got to make it happen. It's, it's, it's our job to make this happen and make our voices heard and educate our youth, you know, from the, as early as possible, you know. So thanks for letting me know, because that's something that, you know, I, I was a case manager for teenagers for many years. And I worked in the prison in, in Florida for 10 years. And, um, you know, I had a... Um, I really had a heart for it, but then I started working in addiction. And you know, when you're working in addiction, that covers every realm. You know, people think that that just touches, you know, certain classes. No, 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 no. I mean, we had veterans, 60 years old, and people that are retiring that are, you know, empty nesters. We had some of everything across the board in that, and that allowed me to touch more populations. Um, but all of these things, you know, they need us and they need us to not have fear. You know, a lot of us have gifts. We have talent. And if you can write, you know, if you can speak, if you can, you know, play music or anything like that, that is sharing that is to me, it is an obligation because, you know, we weren't gifted for no reason and people need us, you know, so. Anyway, that's my two cents. That's how I feel about it. So thank you for tapping into your gift. You know, even still you're trying to manage the nine to five and, you know, branching out, it's, it's, it can be done, you know? So thanks for not, not giving up. So I'm feeling we're going to have more conversations because um, yeah, you might be at some conferences and I'm looking to possibly duplicate women of impact and have men of impact go across the country next year. Just my thing. Let me know. Let me know. I definitely will. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up. So thanks for being here. Um, thank you, God, you listeners, for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. This is my last episode for 2018. Woo! So all of you is out. Uh, I believe this is 57 episodes since September 4th, since this podcast launched. 57 episodes. I don't know how I did it, but yes, I do. Nobody but the greatest. And I'm happy I've met some of the most powerful people. And I can't wait to see what 2019 brings for all of us. So, Olave, you kicking it out for 2018. Sounds exciting. And it's going to be exciting. <sighs> yeah. I didn't know that until today, till I looked. And I was like, wow, okay. All right. So that means we're going to have to pump it up for 2019, and I'm ready. All right, well, thanks, listeners, for tuning in to your voice, your, voice, your power, not only tonight, but every night, every day, and for supporting a dream of a woman with a voice, you know?
And so um, thank you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday and the most powerful new year. So long. <laughs>